0: Welcome to OAC Vancouver's podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We believe that Jesus is needed and relevant for people in Vancouver today. The message of God's love and promise of wholeness was destined to be experienced within a faith community that worships, studies scripture, and prays together. We warmly welcome you to journey with us towards greater connection, purpose, and peace. We'll be sharing our recorded services and conversations with health and wellness experts. Enjoy.
1: have a confession to make, I really didn't feel like speaking for this sabbath and as I sat with that, with my struggle of no motivation, of confusion, of discouragement, I came to the conclusion, as I let myself be curious about those feelings, that what I really didn't want to face, what I really didn't want to experience, was another lonely Sabbath, the loneliness that comes as we stay home as much as possible and worship together, but remotely. Even though um, I appreciate so much those of you who are connecting live online to unite your hearts, your schedules, your focus, your time together, as important as that is, it is... An impact of faith it is a consequence and it is a circumstance that has to be experienced by faith and not by sight and so as I let myself embrace the truth that these can be lonely times not because we don't have people in our lives but the opportunity to make deeper connections is compromised and so that's what I'm going to share with you today, a message of encouragement, a message of hope, for those of you who may also be like me, wrestling with this nuanced loneliness, a recognition that we're going through the motions so often on the periphery of our relationships, on the periphery of deep engagement. Last year, the Canadian Social Survey published its results in November 24 uh, about um, the state of our society. They found that 10% of people over the age of 15 reported feeling lonely often or much of the time. That's one in 10. For the response to, do you feel lonely sometimes, the percentage of our population is 30 percent and the largest demographic to report um, high feelings of loneliness are single women of the millennial or gen z generation you know in canada it's become an important indicator of our quality of life framework And why does it really matter? Well, with the biblical worldview, we find right in the first uh, chapter of Genesis, as we examine our origin story, that God declared it is not good for humankind to be alone. And close to half of Canadians who report feeling lonely often or frequently or much of the time half of those Canadians also report poor mental health. This feeling of loneliness matters because research is showing us it impacts our mortality rate. It impacts our quality of life. In fact, um, the report of being lonely, experiencing loneliness, is now surpassing obesity and even cigarette smoking in terms of your uh, mortality or longevity and in terms of associated health risks. You may not uh, have understood or comprehended the link because sometimes we don't always Um, sit with our thoughts and feelings deep enough to process it. But some side effects and symptoms of loneliness can include fatigue, lethargy, stomach and digestive issues, and lowered immunity. Now, when you're not feeling good, the uh, temptation or the lure of other unhealthy practices uh, is more likely, substance abuse and harmful addictive behaviors. Loneliness isn't just about being physically absent from other people. I'm sure most of you have experienced this. A sense of loneliness can come at moments where we are surrounded by people. One of my most loneliest memories is uh, occurred in a church, in a huge church full of other people. And yet, while I stood there shoulder to shoulder with others, I was overcome with this deep and immense sense of being unseen, being unacknowledged, and feeling deeply alone. Loneliness has more to do with our perception of connectedness than it does with physical presence. And it is more painful, I would say, when you're experiencing a loneliness that's attributed to being despised or rejected than simply um, being held up or facing physical barriers to -to face-to-face connection. Mother Teresa, who worked in the poorest of slums in Kolkata, said it is the feeling of being unwanted That is the most terrible poverty. Isaiah actually predicts about the Messiah, about Jesus, who would come as our Savior. He predicts that this individual would be despised and rejected. A man of sorrows, well acquainted with grief and John, in his gospel, speaks about the one who came to his own, but they accepted him not. In Jesus, we have uh, an empathetic being who understands the alienation of isolation at not just a physical level, but a psychological level. From his childhood, we know that he was not enrolled in the mainstream school system. So for those of you who are homeschooled or learning online, uh, Jesus understands what it's like to not have that intense connection with your peers in a learning environment. And being that he was Jesus with this pure character, with a true, sincere heart of love and gentleness, I can only imagine that his peers, his siblings, would have teased him relentlessly for being, you know, the goody two-shoes. None of us really um, favored or found those kind of kids popular, the ones who were always playing by the rules and who were Um, more sensitive and caring for others. They tended not to win the most popular uh, contest. They tended not to be the person that drew a crowd, but would set themselves apart as the odd one, the white sheep of the family or of the class. So with Jesus, we see a confidant when it comes to our experience and our seasons of loneliness. And we also find some strategies and scripture to support us in those experiences. If you talk to professional counselors or therapists, they have some great recommendations when you find yourself in a season of loneliness. They recommend getting outdoors, breathing the fresh air, and moving your body, as well as developing Um, and investing your time and effort into building social connections. In fact, the research backs this up and says that people who uh, intentionally invest in social connections had a 50% reduced rate of early death. Scripture tells us this, consider him who endured such opposition so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. That's found in Hebrews 12 verse one and three. So today we're gonna consider the one who faced such opposition that would have isolated and, and alienated and disassociated himself from true understanding from deep companionship so that we ourselves will not grow weary and lose heart. In addition to getting outside, moving our bodies, We should be cultivating relationships and I would say as Christians we cultivate two different categories of relationships. We cultivate relationships with fellow believers, people in our faith community, because they share that same understanding, the same worldview, the same hope, the same belief in a God and they can intercede for us in different ways. This is about participating and joining and worshiping together and praying for one another and studying with each other um, in fellowship and serving alongside each other. But we also should be cultivating relationships with those who are not believers, who are not in the same faith as us. This has to do with fueling a life lived on purpose. And when we live into our calling, when we live that purpose that God designed us for, it starts to emphasize the pathways in our brain that are lighting up, that are just triggered, um, and that a fuel our motivation and our positivity. When we get the sense of satisfaction that we we're doing what we're designed to do, we're um, creating what we were created to create. So we reach out and we connect with people, and in doing so, with the heart of serving them, with sharing hope, with sharing grace, we get involved in community service, and we recognize our shared humanity, the shared common state of our neighborhood and our cities. Your natural inclination when you are going through a season of loneliness is to Retreat is to pull back and isolate even more to maybe cocoon yourself. But I would encourage you that God wants to turn that around. And it can start with a step as simple as a prayer. Asking that you would be filled with courage from the Holy Spirit. And wisdom and insight with whom you can forge a connection with. God is faithful. I believe he will open those doors for you to become more connected to your church and your community. And finally, uh, as the wisdom of Paul says when he writes to the Hebrews, let's consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart by contemplating the life of Jesus, by studying him and his humanity and his experiences, we recognize the level of opposition and rejection he faced. And we can find some pieces of encouragement, some practices to model so that we will not grow weary and lose heart. In fact, a battle with loneliness can actually help us draw closer to God. And conversely, those who prioritize connection with God can um, battle and combat loneliness. The Center for Biblical Engagement did a study over 400,000 people in 24 different countries, and they found a correlation when people reported studying scripture, reading the Bible more than four times a week. They were 30% less likely to report frequent loneliness. Jesus himself combated or dealt with this prevailing sense of alienation through a really curious habit. The Gospel of Luke puts it this way in chapter 5 16, explaining that he would often withdraw to the lonely places and pray. Jesus would transform lonely places into sacred spaces. And I believe he invites us to do the same. By seeking connection and communion with God, we can take this season of loneliness or a space of loneliness and find a deeper connection, a deeper dependence on God if we are willing to surrender this loneliness and trust his care. Now, we connect with God through our prayers and through the reading of Scripture. In our daily devotional practices, which I encourage you to prioritize as a habit and a practice in your lives, In doing so, we come across a Jesus who can confidently accept, embrace, and face the lonely seasons in his life. In the Gospel of John 16.32, Jesus tells his apostles, his disciples, with confidence, Behold, the hour is coming, and indeed it has come, when all of you will be scattered, each to their own home and will leave me alone yet i am not alone for my father is with me in this supreme moments of loneliness as he faced the cross he experienced Uh, hours so um, dark so crushing as the destructive weight of sin rested upon his soul upon his body and in what would be an unfathomably horrible incomprehensible loneliness he cries out to god father father why have you forsaken me He, in that moment, was ravaged, was isolated, was alienated, both physically and spiritually. Now, we might use these words, these final words of Jesus on the cross, as the ultimate proof that Jesus was overcome with despair in his loneliness. However, this is not the end of the story Some of you may not know that these words of Jesus were actually a quotation from Psalms 22nd, which opens, my God, my God, why have you turned your back on me? Your ears are deaf to my groans despite my cries. And as you read through Psalms 22, you will pick up on the phrases that foreshadow or prophesy about the kind of suffering and agony in death this Messiah will experience. And yet, like so many other psalms that start off in a deep pit of despair, this psalm ends triumphantly and the same Jesus who knew and understood and committed this scripture to heart and is expressing the beginning of the psalm would know how it concludes. Verse 25 says, You stir my praise in the great assembly as I fulfill my vows before those who humble their hearts before me. Those who are suffering will eat and be nourished. Those who seek him will praise the eternal one. May your hearts beat strong forever. It concludes verse 30 with our children will serve him. Future generations will hear the story of how our Lord rescued us. They will tell the generations to come of the righteousness of the Lord and what he has done. In this psalm and in others like Psalm 107, 35, we're given the promise that he will transform the dry and lonely places, into pools of living water. He will bring streams to the parched ground. In Psalm 68, we're told, God will set the lonely into families. This statements of Christ's life we find in Scripture are not merely to communicate to us the yet unborn generations as the psalmist penned. They are not just communicating to us that Jesus understands our loneliness. They are communicating to us that Jesus is in the work of destroying our loneliness. This is a psalm of victory. And even Jesus on the cross, under the crushing weight of sin, had his eyes, had his heart set on the promise of victory to come in the future. So if you find yourself today... In that season of loneliness, again, I invite you to surrender and trust the God who is victorious over loneliness, even the kind of alienation that separates us in death. For Romans 8 says there is nothing under the sun that can separate us from the love of God. Now, it would be cool for me to suggest that merely a human Um, Friendships become irrelevant once we find our friendship with Jesus. Dane Ortland writes in his book, Gentle and Lowly, that God made us for fellowship, for union of hearts, to become one and united with other people. Everyone gets lonely, even introverts. But Christ's heart for us, his passion for us, his sacrifice for us means that he will be our never failing friend. No matter what our friendships, no matter what our relationships um, on this earth, whatever happens to them, whatever betrayal or disappointment we encounter, Jesus offers us a friendship that gets underneath the pain of our loneliness. And while that Experience of loneliness may not go away. It is made fully bearable by the far deeper friendship, empathy, and love of Jesus. Don't listen to the enemy's voice that is speaking to you today. Know that when you choose Jesus, you are fully embraced by the Father There is someone in your loneliest places who offers comfort, peace, and hope that no one else can. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we come to you in um, a prolonged season of social restrictions, which can amplify uh, what's been happening already in our lives. Many of us uh, will confess and admit to just engaging on the periphery. And so we accept your invitation to live in a deeper relationship, to experience a greater communion first through your love for us so that we may then extend that and experience it with others in our life. Lord, bless us with a sense of your presence. Bless us with confidence in your peace that surpasses all understanding. And encourage us to be the ones that find the strength to reach out to those who are also wrestling with loneliness in this ever-darkening world. We ask your blessing
0: in your mighty, powerful, and holy name. Amen. Thank you for listening to OAC Vancouver's podcast. Learn more at oacvancouver.ca. If you're in Vancouver, join us for worship Saturdays at 11 a.m. at 5350 Bailey Street. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate, review, and subscribe. God bless you and have a wonderful day.